So what we're going to talk about today is the gospel lesson, specifically focusing on uh, the experience of Simeon. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, your mercies are new every morning. And even though we have the opportunity to focus our thoughts on a, a story we've heard before, it's within this story is the word of life, the promised one, Jesus Christ, and the gift that he brought to a man that was waiting for that promise to be revealed. Give to us your spirit that as we sit and we hear, uh, our waiting too is over, and you will come and be born in us yet again today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I had an epiphany, which is kind of funny uh, because it's Christmas time. But I had an epiphany this last week while I was standing there thinking about what I was going to talk about. Uh, throughout the season of Advent, we've, we've talked about how Advent is so important to prepare us for the celebration of Christmas. I, I think it's just, if, if not more important, that it prepares us for the days after Christmas. You think about it, if everything about our Christmas celebration was all about the 25th of December, well, it's over. Now what do you do? You pick everything up and you wait for the next Christmas. If your Advent celebration prepared you for the coming of the Christ child, we celebrate the day, but we celebrate even more the life he lived, then we're in a very good place now. We're at a place where we have the opportunity to hear that the celebration of our Savior's birth is not just the day, it's actually a season which follows. And you pick that up out of our gospel lesson from St. Luke. The account of the birth of Jesus, it doesn't end with people just moving on, but people continuing to keep their focus on the gift of Jesus. This is Luke chapter 2. At the, as we near the end of the reading for Christmas, we see that the, the shepherds returned to their flocks. And they did so praising the God for the gift of the Savior. And then, of course, we have Mary. She continues her celebration by pondering in her heart all the things that had happened as she and Joseph make their way into what comes next, which is our text. Let me stop there for a minute. While the world moves on from their celebration of Christmas, Christians are encouraged to slow down, stay a while, continue to enjoy the celebration for what it is. We really don't have other things that we have to rush off and do. We can sit back, and like Mary, ponder the things that have happened as we await this just a few more days for the arrival of the Magi, the celebration of the Epiphany season, which uh, is where we hear again the message that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came for all people. Today, we want to Again, remember that when we deal with familiar narratives of scriptures, especially those in and around Christmas time, sometimes it's difficult for the average worship, worshiper to sit there and recognize the sign of what God is doing, even though it's right in front of them. Again, the first several minutes of the sermon are so important to get your attention. If I still have it, 
what is God about to do? What is, what is the God doing today? Because we know the promises of God are true. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he'll be also. But when you talk about a familiar narrative, it's like, but what do I do with this? Now, there's nothing wrong with the sign or the, the narrative itself because God's the one who put this narrative there for us. It follows in line, immediately following the Christmas Day reading. Eight days later, uh, he is baptized. We are at 40 days for the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Now, as we sit here, we want to remember what is the, the chief sign that God gives to us. Well, it's for us, unto us a child is born. Unto you is born in this day in the city of David, the Savior, Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. This is an important sign, and it's one that we talk about frequently in the Lutheran church. God is with us. Wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there is also. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper today. Where Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my blood, God with us. It's like a little Christmas celebration when we commune. God, again, taking up his residency, reminding us that the sign that we need to keep our focus on is on Christ. Not just as a little baby, but as God with us. Now, the problem with doing this, of course, is our own understanding. We can't by ourselves recognize what God's sign means to us without his help. I guess what kind of makes it worse is there are those who, who see it, but they really don't want to see it. They don't want to understand what it means. Why? Because it, because it wrecks what they want. I mean, let's bring the crucifixion of Jesus into your Christmas celebration with your family around the table. Do we have to talk about Jesus? It's Christmas. Yeah, it is Christmas. The baby Jesus was born to grow up and be our Savior. I like what Mark Twain says. It, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. And sometimes you run into individuals that understand the point, but they don't want to. They understand that Christians want to talk about Jesus at Christmas time, but at the end of the day, that doesn't really fit into what they want to accomplish. Being able to see what God is doing and how he fulfills his promise isn't easy to do. But then again, God's word teaches us it doesn't depend on us to see it. You see, the recognition of what God is doing happens because of God's Holy Spirit. The one thing that we note here, that Simon recognized that. And it had been revealed to Simon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said. Now, before we get into what he said, did you catch that the reason Simeon was able to recognize Jesus 
was because of the Holy Spirit. People were in the temple that day, but Luke only records two of them, and I'm not really sure Anna saw it, or did she kind of pile in on what Simeon was doing, but those are the only two that recognized who Jesus was. And the reason he was able to see Jesus as the sign was because of the Holy Spirit. He came in the Spirit to the temple. Simeon was connected with the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, the verse before says Simeon was a righteous was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was, was upon him. Is that where you are today? Do you have the Holy Spirit? This is where someone goes, yes! So I did it for you. Absolutely, yes. We have the Holy Spirit. This Jesus is praying the prayer uh, on the night he was, uh, when he was going to be betrayed and, and crucified. He says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You will know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Through the birth of Jesus Christ, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He is the one that walks alongside of us every day. When you were baptized, God gave you his Holy Spirit. Every time you hear the word of God proclaimed, the Holy Spirit is actively at work, working in your hearts uh, to open your eyes to help you understand Paul writes in Romans 17, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. That's the promise. The Holy Spirit is actively engaging with us. Now, to what degree? Uh, a lot of that depends in, in part by how well I'm doing up here and part of it is how well you're focusing out there. But don't be denied the fact that God is a part of it. When we receive the the Lord's Supper. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He is bringing us to the word of God's promise that there is, will be the true body and blood, Emmanuel, God with us, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, eternal life. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus' promise and his gift to us. Now, what if you're looking for something else? Well, then you might be a little disappointed. Kind of like Christmas. If you're looking for something other than the giving of the Christ child and why he came into this world and what did he grow up to do and to be, your, your day came and gone. But for those who realize that Christ is more than just a day celebration, he actually brings meaning and purpose to my life, then it changes how I experience this day. Now, please understand, Simeon uh, didn't have the Holy Spirit because he was righteous and devout. Simeon was righteous and devout because he had the Holy Spirit. Simeon responded to the Holy Spirit's presence by his life of listening, responding, recognizing God's work. It was through his word that Simeon was guided. 
It was through the word that the Holy Spirit revealed to him what was about to happen. It was through the Holy Spirit that Simeon was actually moved to go to the temple that day. Have you ever had one of those Sunday mornings? <clears throat> the alarm goes off, you go, oh, I'm tired. I, I, I should go to church, but Pastor Reimnitz is preaching, and I always like to listen to him with a cup of coffee in my jammies. I'm not going to go. Have you ever? I, I do that other part in there just for fun. But I mean, you understand that there are times where you're actually being tempted not to go, and yet you resist the temptation and you come. Is that you doing it, or is that the Holy Spirit working in you to desire to be amongst God's people, to be in a place where God's word is going to be taught, where Jesus Christ is going to be the sign? He is the meaning, He is the purpose. He is sent by God for us to be for us what we can't be for ourselves. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what brought Simeon to the temple that day. Prompted because the Spirit knew what was going to happen. Simeon was able to recognize what God was doing because it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Listen, he says, nope, nope, I don't know why he does that. But it, this is Simeon responding. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. How is he able to say this? But by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit himself revealed the action and work of who Jesus was and what Jesus had come to do. That was revealed to Simeon. His eyes were opened in his heart, allowing him to respond in faithfulness, obedience, and devotion. Now, this is a very important distinction for the life of the believer. God's work and action always comes before our response. God has revealed the sign of Jesus to us. His Spirit has worked this faith in us. And by God's grace, we respond with thanks and praise similar to that of Simeon. But we got to keep in mind that sometimes God's action doesn't invoke such a positive response. Where Simeon responds with amazing praise to God so that even Mary and Joseph are marveled, Simeon goes on to point out that Jesus is salvation to some, but can also be a sling block. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own, and also so that thoughts, your own soul, and also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. What is he saying there? He's just he's saying basically what we know that not everybody gets it, not everybody understands. Paul responds in, in Romans chapter 1 by saying, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, 
also to the Greek. Paul is saying that this Christ, what he has come to do, is power of God for all who believe. But not everybody believes. He points that out in 1 Corinthians 1. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, while to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, uh, to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. What do we know? We know that there will be those who believe and those who don't. And this is important when we think about our Christmas celebration. Not everybody gets it. And it shouldn't surprise us that, that, that there's a momentum in our culture today to actually draw people or Christ out of the message that we hear at Christmas time. When some see the sign of God, Jesus Christ in the flesh, Jesus Christ crucified, Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, well, some will respond with skepticism. Others may scoff. And still others, sadness, because it's not the sign they're looking for. We might not get some people to have, we might not get through to some of these people who have these hang-ups after what they're, after hearing what God has done for them. And why could that be? Maybe, maybe a part of it is, it's how we talk about it. It's definitely not the message. Those words are powerful. Could it be at times that there, there are parts of us that we believe but haven't embraced it as true? It happens. I mean, it's a magnificent, overwhelming idea that a holy creator God would send his son into the world to do for the world what the world can't do for itself. I mean, why didn't he just wipe it all clean and start all over again? Because he loved what he created. He loved it so much he wanted to save it. And there was no other way to save it but for Jesus to come into it. Maybe the... the incarnation, the cross, resurrection are, are stumbling blocks for people because, well, it makes us, it makes us take a look at our sin. Oh, we, we'll do it in part, but I mean, to take a deep dive look at our sin. When we see such a great work that God has done for us, we come to realize we can't save ourselves. It's God's work and God's action that does this. What happens is it takes control out of our hands. It takes the power of our salvation out of our abilities. It brings us to a point where we have to admit that we can't do it. We can't save ourselves. We stand in need of God. We get to a point of, of dependence on him. And let's be frank, it hurts a little. It's not easy to admit that you're wrong. Or that you need someone, especially God. Paul Turner wrote, The worst thing is not being wrong, 
but being sure one is not wrong. We struggle with that. We want so desperately for, for God to allow us to be a part of it, maybe, instead of it leaving us the object of Christ's love. Simeon's point was about that. You don't have to do salvation on your own. It's okay to be dependent on God. After all, that's how he designed it in the first place. You know, even in the Garden of Eden, when everything was perfect, Adam and Eve depended upon Yahweh to provide for them, to take care of them. It's once they turned toward themselves thinking that they could find a greater wisdom on their own, in their own thoughts and knowledge, that things got all messed up. But the gospel, the message that Simeon proclaimed, pointed back to God's salvation and work in Jesus. Not only did Adam and Eve's salvation come in Jesus, but their daily sustenance, their daily walk, their daily leading, counseling, consolation, redemption, all of that came from Jesus through his Holy Spirit. You know, it's easy to get caught up searching for signs, looking for God's love, gives us explicit instructions in what to do next. If God would give me a sign, I would know what job to take. I would know how we're going to get through the next month. I could figure out what girl or guy to date and marry. I could figure out, is it time to get out of the stocks and into the bonds? Or the other way around. It would give me something to do. But the true sign is we have a babe wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And he's the Savior. God seeks to give us the assurance that he is providing for us every day. We don't have to look anywhere else. We don't have to look to anyone else. We rest in him. We celebrate in him. We know that the Holy Spirit is actively at work bringing us into the, the, the presence of God through the forgiveness of our sins. And it's right there in front of you. See it on the altar. Hear it in the word. Pay attention in the songs. The sign you need more than anything has already been given to you. And it's already been fulfilled for you in Emmanuel. God with us. Pay attention to the Spirit's calling and His prompting. And find yourself responding to the goodness that He gives to us through Christ alone. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.